Can I, can I get that, um, that podium? Take the hand of the person again. I know you've been praying. We've been standing, praying, singing all day long. Today is very special. Those of you that are visiting with us, it's a very special day because of what the Lord is bringing us to do together. And so I, those of you that are visiting, I just want to welcome you and let you know it's a really a mighty time right now in the history of this church. And all of you that are with us uh, on live streaming, I want to welcome you. And uh, we praise God for you that are, that are um, viewing us from live streaming all around the world. And I want you to know it's very special what God is doing here this day. And we invite you that are on live streaming to participate with us. And I want you to raise those hands together. And that raising of your hands together clasps as a sign that, Lord, we are together because you brought us together. And, and we are together because of your purpose, the purpose of your kingdom. And we acknowledge that it can't get done alone, only together can your will be done and your kingdom come. We thank you today for those who take a significant step in their lives as they maybe for the first time commit to you and your purpose with all their heart, all their soul, their mind and their strength. I'm asking you, Father, to bless them. Take away every form of guilt and shame. Give them the dream you have for them. Make it come alive as they commit to you. May they see clearly what you desire. And Lord, thank you for equipping us to fulfill it. Let your words today, Father, let your words fall upon our heart as seed planted in good soil. And may it spring forth 160, 30 times, giving praise to your name. In Jesus' name I pray. All God's people said amen. Hug your neighbor if you haven't hugged him today. Hug him and say, I'm so happy to be all in with you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So I'm going to talk to you by faith. I can't see. I love to see people's faces, but I can't see your faces today, so I'm preaching my faith in that regard. But I want to share for a few moments with you as we've continued in this series um, because this initiative is more than just a $2.5 million initiative over the next 24 months. It's more than that. In fact, that's the secondary goal, the primary goal, because God is always, always more concerned about his people than things. Amen. That we together, all of us together, move together as one heart and one mind, as the, as, as the scriptures say, striving for the faith of the gospel. To bring forth what God wants. In this initiative, we're looking at all of us, every one of us, adults and children, participating. And you participate at the level God has blessed you. You participate at the level where God has awarded, rewarded you. And, and your faith, your faith, you, we always participate at the level of our faith. And may God increase your faith. Amen. I welcome you today because um, this is Commitment Sunday. 
And yes, we have given our tithe and offerings already. So when I talk about commitment now, we're not talking about that as much as we're talking about looking toward the next 24 months and asking the Lord and believing God to obey him in generosity and in ministry. Please, I want you to hear that. It's both generosity and ministry. What would the Lord have me to do in the ministry he's given me? And what would he have me to do with this level of generosity that's in my heart? That's the participation we're talking about today. It's life-changing. It's historical for us. And the story of our church is changing. In fact, you're going to be so glad that you're a part of it. What we do and what we commit to today will impact the next two generations, and I'm sure beyond that. Because God is concerned about how his church impacts the community. Not only how your lives personally are impacted, but how we impact the community, how we impact the next generation and the generation after that. You know, it only takes one generation to lose what God has given we're suffering right now in our culture because we're grabbing with everything we have, those of us who have walked this journey a while, we're grabbing on to everything God gave us because this culture, this generation now appears to be throwing it away. And, and what we do together in demonstration is going to impact generations. Amen. So even though you may be a guest today, I, I want to welcome you and, uh, and, and thank you for being a a part of, um, of what we're doing as a local church today. And, and we want to remember that really the, the vision of our house is we are a people helping people to find Christ. We're helping people to find Jesus. That's a lifestyle change. How many of you are life? And your lifestyle has changed because you found the Lord. Amen. Raise your hand and look around. It's, a, it's, it's amazing. Our families have changed. And we want so, we want this for everyone else. And so our commitments that we make today are big toward the vision that God has given us. We are a, we are a community, a body of Christ, a local church. We're not content with the way things are. We're not content with the condition of our city, with the condition even of our dominant culture in this, in this building, let alone the the whole culture of our city. We're not content with it. And God has put us here to make a difference and to make a change in that culture. In order to do it, we have to do it as a unit, moving together as one. And that's exactly what we're going to do. I believe that the mission is, is so great and the stakes are so high that it requires all of us working together to achieve it. And because of that, God's great story of hope and redemption is so important, but people need to see something. You know, when people talk about the gospel, there's one thing. And in, in, in fact, many times we find ourselves talking about the gospel, the good news, the saving grace of God. We find people almost with a deaf ear, but when we demonstrate something to them, they can't close their ear or their eye or their heart to that. Amen. And so today, as we as we contemplate how the Lord is leading us, I want to encourage you, encourage your greatest faith to, yes, 
give your all. Give your heart. God wants your heart before he ever wants your stuff. Tell your neighbor what I said. God wants your heart. See, some people don't mind giving God their stuff, thinking that that makes me right with God. No, no, God wants your heart. Because when he's got your heart, he, 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 can, he can ask you for whatever he desires. So today is a big step of faith. It is. And yet, even though it's a big step of faith, it comes in two categories. It comes in what I call the safe number and the faith number. All of us deal with that, don't we? We, what we know we can do, but then the Holy Spirit starts dealing with our heart about what maybe hasn't materialized yet that he wants us to do and believe him for. There is no time when God will ever not allow, there's no time when God will ever allow you and I to live without faith. It is required. It is the way we walk. It's what, it's what we believe. And so with this with this primary goal of 100% participation, I want you to consider your level of participation. And, uh, and, we, and we're going to go forward with this, and, and it's going to be exciting the way we do this. In fact, I love the testimonies and the things that are already happening. If you were to walk back in this room, please don't do it right now, but if you were to walk through these doors and went on through the next set of doors, that you couldn't hardly get in there because of the furniture that they have given us. And it's not cheap. It's already started. Just because you started posturing yourself to be generous, God is already starting to bless this house. If you walk down the hall, you'd see it full of chairs, and I understand there are more. We're believing God for more of those that, that, that were so inexpensive, yet beautiful. It's like God is saying, when you get on the track of believing me, watch my hand do exceedingly and abundantly above. If God has ever started that with you, clap your hands and give him praise for that. You just got to get in the right posture. Real quick, from Philippians chapter 3, the Apostle Paul, he gives us, I want to give you real quick, three principles that really describe what all in is about. And, and these three principles, you can, you, you can work these. You can actually employ these in the sphere of your own house, your own family, your own business. It's amazing. They are the values that we hold to right now as we commit together as a congregation. Philippians chapter 3, verses 7 through 10 says this, but whatever I used to count as my greatest accomplishments, I have written them off as loss because of the anointed one. And more so, I now realize that all I gained and thought was important was nothing but yesterday's garbage compared to knowing the anointed one, Jesus, who is my Lord. For him, I have thrown everything aside. It's nothing but a pile of waste so that I may gain him. When it counts, I want to be found belonging to him, not clinging to my own righteousness based on the law, but actively relying on the faithfulness of the anointed one. This is true righteousness supplied by God, acquired by faith. I want to know him inside and out. So the Apostle Paul is, is talking about living 
with a different perspective for a new purpose and, and living for Christ. He's given up caring what others, others think. And by the way, there are many of you that God has put things in your heart, but you haven't moved on them because you are too afraid of what other people might think if you attempted or tried it. Sometimes in a new endeavor, the voice keeping you from the thing God wants from you is a familiar voice of your friends and your family who, do, who, do, who have not and did not believe in you. But Paul is saying, I have a new perspective. I'm believing in this person. I have a new way I'm going to manage my life. He's given up caring about what other people think. Mm, what other people want and what other people expect him to do. He's chosen, number one, significance over applause. Sometimes the short applause will come easy if you just don't rock the boat. But if you're going to be significant, then you've got to do something above and beyond what's normal. And in many cases, even what's natural. When God gives you a dream and a vision, it's generally, by the way, if it's not above and beyond what you now have experienced, if it doesn't blow your mind, that thing is not from God. The God you serve, the God I serve, is the God that gives dreams that are greater than our present ability. He's the God that shows you a future that's more grandiose than you have imagined. That's the God that we serve. And even so, when you go for significance, go for what matters, it's a whole lot heavier value than going for the applause of people. Paul says, I'm not worried about what other people think. I'm putting that behind me. Yeah. The second thing that Paul says and. uh I want to read it to you. It's Philippians 2, 12 and 13. I'm not there yet, he said, nor have I become perfect. But I'm, I'm, I'm charging on to gain anything and everything the anointed one Jesus has in store for me. And nothing will stand in my way because he has, he has grabbed me. He's gotten a hold of me. And he won't let me go. Brothers and sisters, as I said, I know I have not arrived, but there's one thing I'm doing. I'm leaving my old life behind. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm leaving my old life behind. Say it with a lot more gusto. Come on, come on. I'm leaving my old life behind. That old life of small thinking, that old life, that old life of, of, of down and out. A day, a, what is it, a day late and a dollar short? That old life, that old cultural life where I'm always late I'm never on time and I don't even have a dime I'm leaving that life some of you need to make a decision that's not the life that Jesus died for me to have and Paul said I one thing I do I know one thing I said I ain't got there yet but I know one thing that stuff behind me I'm leaving it tap your neighbor and say your old man can't help you <laughs> I'm not talking about your husband and I'm not talking about your daddy. I'm talking about that old nature that wants to pull you down and pull you back into a lifestyle of failure. Paul said, I'm leaving it behind. He said, I, 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 I want to press on. He said, he said, I'm not there yet, 
I'm not perfect, but I'm going straight ahead. And nothing will stand in my way because he has grabbed me and he won't let me go. Brothers and sisters, I want you to know I've not arrived, but there's one thing I'm doing. I'm leaving my old life behind, putting everything on the line for this mission. The truth is, not only must we choose significance, it must be significant what we do, as opposed to just someone saying applause. We, we must, number two, we must choose risk over security. And that's a, that's a huge, by the way, no one, no one has ever done anything significant beyond their normal without taking a risk. It is the way it works. You know, there's some grown people. I, if I could talk to you, if you could understand my language, there's some grown A people that have never gotten a driver's license. You know why? Because they are afraid to take a risk. I don't know if you know this or not, but the life of faith is, is definitely a life of risk. Because you haven't got it all figured out yet. And you don't know all you're going to face, like driving down the freeway. You don't know what you're going to face. You don't know who driving crazy that day. You don't know who had, who had the third and fourth and fifth joint. You don't know who took overdose of medicine. You don't know. You have no idea. I remember driving on the freeway, two hours coming, coming from Saudi Arabia where we used to live up there. Uh, <laughs> uh, Duluth, I was driving down from, from, from Duluth. And uh, I, 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 got on, I got on I-75, I was going south. I was coming into the city. And the Lord is my witness. You know, there's about five or six lanes. And, and, and somebody, have you ever been driving out of the corner of your eye? Someone was just drifting across the lane like this. And I, out the corner of my eye, I saw them. I couldn't hold it. You know, your mind doesn't want to believe what you, what, what's happening. And my mind just like, oh, no. And that person, and you know, but thank God, because we were stretching forward, the Lord had afforded us an automobile that if you step on the gas, it would actually take off. Thank you, Jesus. And I remember, I remember being in my new Lexus. <laughs> I never forget. I never forget. And I thought about it. Now, if I slow down, they're going to smack me. And you know how all this calculates in your mind? And so I just trumped the, trumped the accelerator. We're only going about 60, 60. And, 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 and so, so I trumped the, and yew, the car just took off. And that person came on across, and I was, I got, the way before that person could get to where I was. You don't know what risk. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I, I apologize to you. Tell your neighbor, life is a risk. There are a lot of people who do everything they can possibly do to stay safe. And it's amazing. It's amazing how God, when the Lord says, follow me, he's follow me and there will be risk, but I will be with you. The apostle Paul is saying here in this second part of the verse, he says, I'll take risk over security. Amen. 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 Look, church is just like you and I. Churches that started when we started and even before, there is usually a life cycle to churches. 
They've been going on long enough in America where it, even, the, even the, the pollsters have charted the life cycles of churches. We're in a life cycle right now, Milton. And, and it's a generational circle. Our, our circle, our circle of our children, some of our children are on the cusp of receiving the Lord. Others of our children are in a major decision-making places in their life. We've been around long enough to know each other. I've been around some of you long enough to know that I would like, at the end of my days, I'd like you still be around. And there's enough of you that we've pastored and worked with till, till I have great faith in you, and I know, I, I know you got the goods. There are many of you that God has allowed us to, 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 to counsel, to preach to, to baptize, to to get out of jail. Well, okay. There's a, there's a lot of you that I, I, we believe in. We, we, we've walked with people through their stuff. Oh, my God, there's been some stuff. And, 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 but I, will, I want to tell you something. In, in all of that, I, my, my uh, joy is to be able to go through this cycle where God will, is, by the way, I just wanted to make an announcement. You'll see it in next year. God is going to take us to a, a powerful place of increase and, and all the empty chairs that are by you are going to be filled with people. And I'm just telling you, I'm not trying to, I'm telling you it's going to happen because we're in that life cycle right now. And, and, and one reason why I know it is because there are people who've said we're going to be together no matter what. There's some folks who made a decision that this is my house and this is my, my, my spiritual family. It's an amazing thing. And you know one thing families do, they reproduce. Even if they have to adopt. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Let the people say amen to that. Don't, don't laugh. Some of y'all were adopted. Amen. We're in that cycle. And for many churches, they don't want to take, you know, when things change, they tend not to want to take the risk of new people, of newness. They, they, they get, you can get stuck in the security of your past. You can get stuck in the familiar surrounding and the sceneries that you painted around yourself. Some people will not go to work differently because the, 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 the new scenery intimidates them. Some people are so happy where they are, just don't bother me, just leave me alone. Just let me, just, just let me live. I'm comfortable. But when you follow Jesus, I promise you, he will change your scenery. And by the way, when you stop risking and when you have built up all the walls around you to keep everything the same, then the next point for you is a wooden box or a metal box down on six feet under. As long as you are living, the Lord Jesus will cause you to walk through risk. Because it's only in risk that he becomes your security. Are you there, saints? Yeah, that's, that's a principle. It's a principle that you need to remember. Now, some risks are stupid. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Some risks are stupid. And now you know your taxes are due, but you're going to spend it and go buy a car. That's stupid. Because they're going to catch up with you. Hello, somebody. Anybody here? Anyone here understand what I'm talking about? Some risks are dumb. You there? You're going, you're going 60 miles an hour the wrong way. 
That's dumb. You understand? What's, you're going to have an accident. Are you there? Some of you have fooled around with stuff, you know, you know, you don't know what was in it when you drank it. Lord have mercy, Jesus. You don't, you don't know, you don't know who rolled it. Lord help me, Jesus. You, you, you don't, you, you don't even know what's in there. Some of you, some of you, you don't understand what I'm saying. Some of you, you don't know what, you don't know, you don't know what you're dealing with. Some risks are dumb. I'm not talking about that. But when you, when you, but a risk that is godly is when the Lord says, I want to take you where you've never been. I want, you to, I want to put you in a situation where you really have to rely on me. Mm. Where you have to trust my outcome. Where it may not even seem logical. We, we decided this was going to be our story. Metro, my wife and I, and Matt, those of you that have been with us, we've always taken risks. We, we could tell our story by listing the risk we have taken through the years. Mm, yeah, we, we believe, and, and we, we reach a point, we just, we just most people want to reach a point where they just kind of coast, and, you know, they, they, you know, they just, they don't want, don't rock my boat. You know how that song go? Don't rock the boat, baby, rock the boat. They, they, they just want everything just. But I have to tell you, if you're going to continue to follow Jesus in your life, it's going to get rocky. Tell your neighbor, it's going to get rocky. It's going to get wavy. Uh, it, 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 it's always different when you follow him. I want to encourage you, as the Apostle Paul said, look, I'm, I'm, one thing I'm going to do, I'm going to forget what's back here, and I'm going to keep going forward regardless of what I'm risking. Are you there, saints? He said, God's got a hold of me, and he won't let go. How many of you feel that way? God's got a hold of me. You know, my wife and I, just when we think we're going to get settled, we, we think it's going to be good, here we go. We have another, another challenge comes in. We have to believe that God's got us. How many of you heard that voice? I got you. It's amazing. But this is the walk of faith that, that we've chosen. Amen. So Paul says, not only am I going to take significance above applause I'm going to take risk instead of security last one it's kind of important that we get this get this right and, and the third one is he said um, he says we're, we're going to let me read it for you 14 through 16 Philippians 3 14 through 16 I'm, I'm sprinting I'm running I'm sprinting towards the goal that counts to cross the line, to win the prize, to hear God's call to the resurrection life found exclusively in Jesus, the anointed. All of us who are mature ought to think the same way about these matters. If you have a, a, a different attitude, then God will reveal that to you. For now, let's hold on to what we have been shown and keep in step with the things we've been taught. This is a time when the apostle says, yeah, I'm not conservative. I'm not conserving energy. I'm not holding back. With all of my heart, I'm running. He said, 
the, the word really is translated right. I'm, I, when I press toward the mark, I sprint. I have pressure towards where I want to go. And many of you, you're going to have to decide this. And one of the reasons why you've not broken through because you haven't pressed. This is part of what God requires of you. If you're going to move to the left, to the, this is the phrase, if you're going to move to the next level, you only move there because you become uncomfortable. Because you decide, I'm going to risk. Because you decide, I'm not worried about what other people think. I want my move to be significant enough to impact God's kingdom. I want to impress God, not people. That's where we are. Thank you for your clap. If you're going to clap, clap. Don't just sit there. But if you're going to clap, clap. Amen. Because it's not for me. Because the fact is God is doing that. He's pulling on us. Come on. And what he wants us to do is press on his pull. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different. That's exactly what he wants. And that's what makes a difference. That's what rises, raises you a cut above the others. The distinguishing mark is that you are a person that you want God's applause before you ever want men's applause because God's applause is significant. You take God's risk as opposed to men's safety. Yeah, amen. And, and the third thing is you choose now over when. I don't know if you've ever, I don't know if you, if you if, I don't know if you like me, but I can often find myself playing the win-then game. It's a way of justifying and delaying important things. I catch myself saying, when such and such happens, then I'll do that, this or that. I'm not sure what that looks like for you. Maybe it's like this, in your faith. When I, when I get everything I want out of life, then I'll engage in what God wants. There are a lot of people playing this game with God. God, when I have all the fun, when I've experienced everything I want to experience, then I will give my heart to you. Look at your neighbor and say, it will probably be too late. Do you remember what I said? in your generosity. When we finally get out of debt, then I'll give or uh, then I'll give or give more when, when I get out of debt. When my kids get grown, then we'll start investing in our marriage. Yeah, it's too late then because by the time they get grown and gone, you don't even know each other. Looking at you like, who are you? What's your name? Where you yeah. I mean, Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. That win-then game, when, when my career is more established, then uh, I'll make more time for the kids. By the time you establish your career, your kids are gone and they ain't coming back. Because when they need you, they need you when it's high risk. They need you then. When, and it's amazing to me how God works. When the Lord takes you to another level, he will press you there and everything around you will be pressed. And it's required of you to give more of yourself. I'm sorry, forgive me, but when God is in your life and when you follow him, there's some days you're going to need to put carbon paper under your pillow so you can get twice to sleep because, you know, your sleep going to be short. When God begins to deal with your life, your whole life gets pressed, your time, your energy, everything. He requires it of you. And particularly in the transition, Lord, help me right now. 
Because most of the body of Christ is in transition from where they were to where God wants them to be. And for, in order for you to move through that transition, there is, there is trauma, there is pressure, there is risk, there's disruption of, of, of schedule. And you find yourself, Lord, what am I going to do? You, it requires you, in, when in the transition, God presses you into his presence. And it's there that you receive the wisdom how you manage the transition. I understand fully what Paul is saying. He said, you know what? If you're going to follow God, you got to pay attention to what he taught you because when you get in transition, it's, it can be and feel even chaotic. Those of you that want your life safe and secure from all uh, alarms. Some of you want that's the kind of life you want. Let, tap your neighbor and say, that ain't the life you get with Jesus. <laughs> no. No. My friend, when he presses you, he presses you. Because he's moving you to another level. You ever heard that scripture? For the kingdom of God comes forth with violence and violent men take it by force. I don't know where we got this thing that, that our, my life's going to be simple and without challenge and without pressure. That's not the Jesus I serve. Oh, you get the peace and you get the tranquility and you get the, yeah, oh yeah, you get that, but you get it while you're in the midst of the press. Got to go. Got to go. So I want you to sprint toward his voice. I want you to realize that this is about God changing your and my lifestyle. It's about God, and particularly if, if you have, if you're out of puberty, and <laughs> thank you, Lord. And if, if you're out of, if you're out of, uh, if you're, if you're out of, of, of a young adulthood, if you have now moved into that, that, that place, we, I think they call it midlife. If, you, if you're moving in there, oh, it really gets interesting then because you've worked all these 20, 30 years to get comfortable. And right at the time you think you're comfortable, God says, <coughs> excuse me, I got a little assignment for you. That's why all in is so important. I didn't understand it the first time God began to speak this to me, but I understand it more clear now. For many of you, this is the extension. Yes, Lord, it's the extension of your years. For many of you, it is the extension of your productivity. For many of you, it is the change of life where, so that the second half is infinitely better than the first half. <laughs> Clap your hands if you understand what I'm trying to say to you. That's why it's so powerful right now. And that's why as we end today, that's why this comes at this time. I know who I'm talking to. I know the average age in here. And you, you look a whole lot younger than you are. <laughs> you can clap at that if you want. It's true. When, when I start interviewing people, I say, you, how, how old are you? And, and when people come and they ask them outside, they ask how your, they, they, your age, they can't believe. Oh, my God. I was talking to the brothers upstairs. I took a survey upstairs. The brothers upstairs a few weeks ago. I couldn't believe what the average age was. I was, I was shocked. I, I was shocked. 
Because them, them brothers look young. <laughs> There's no accident why God has done this. There's a method to God's seemingly madness. I want you to bow your heads where you sit there. Because really, this is a time for you to make that time, make that change. It's time to make that change. Yes, Lord. It's, it's, please hear this. It does concern resources, but it's about a whole lot more than that. Because you will, you will see as the days unfold that the bishop will speak to the ministry that God has put in your life that has laid dormant. Well, his kingdom only comes forth when the body of Christ rises up with the ministry of the Holy Spirit and begins to deploy that ministry. It's ministry and generosity. Now, Father, I thank you for this people. Thank you, Lord, for the privilege of shepherding this people. Thank you, Lord. You chose them for us and you chose us for them. And I'm asking you, Father, in Jesus' name, as you prepare us for great increase, that you will cause us, Lord, to be more concerned about our significance in your kingdom than our safety in this culture. I pray, Father, that you will help them, help us by faith to take the risk of your choice to receive the reward of your choice. I'm asking you, Lord, to help us to consider not then, but now. Help us to understand that faith is now. Now faith is the substance. Let that now faith be upon this people. And Lord, we praise you for it. We're walking it. For we walk by faith and not by sight. For this I give you praise, Lord. In Jesus' name, let the people say amen. 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 Amen.